hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning, Hamilton. This is Philip Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zaprin. Yes, good morning. Another Saturday morning here in the beautiful city of Hamilton. You're listening to 900 CHML, and we have a host of topics that we're going to get to, I promise. This time around, because uh, we delayed it last week, we had uh, another sensational guest in uh, Lindsay Harvey from CMHC, uh, went through a bunch of stats and had a, a, a great uh, discussion about uh, this market and, and where it's heading and, and where it's been, and we'll continue to do so uh, today and uh, for the weeks and months ahead, that's for sure. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, like the Rob Golfie Facebook page, the Golfie team all over social media has great posts and uh, stuff that you can uh, really interact with and get a lot of information on. Speaking of information, head online to robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. You can call them anytime. If you're a buyer or a seller, 905-575-7700, 905-575-7700. If you have a topic idea that we you, uh, you would like us to wrestle on a future program, or if you have a question for the Golfi team, you can email questions at robgolfi.com. That's questions at robgolfi.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Past episodes also online at robgolfie.com and 900chml.com. Uh, special in-studio guest today for the third time uh, over the last number of years, uh, David Furry from Amerispec Home Inspections. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. You? Thank you very much. So Phil dragged you in here once again. That's uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk about what uh, Amerispec does. Uh, home inspections, obviously a key to uh, any home buying situation, although it wasn't really last year when you know a bunch of no conditions were in play and people weren't getting home yeah, inspections. That's right. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. they're probably you know more popular on demand this year with yeah. uh you know a lot more offers seeing conditions yep. of home inspection and financing yeah. so i'm sure these guys are busy i mean from my experience with Dave over the last couple of weeks, I've I've had a couple times where I've been trying to get him in for an inspection, and he's just been tied up. Really? And well, that's right. I, yeah, it's, it's been yeah, a normal, it's, I guess a normal market. This yeah, year. it's yeah. good. It's yeah. good for him for sure. But uh, I always call Dave, you know, for and, and refer him to every single one of my clients. But he needs that, you know, three to four days notice, where I can't get him <laughs> in. So, um, so Dave, did you just take a holiday last spring? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. He's I, a busy I, guy. I, I said I was a homeless inspector last <laughs> year. Um, yeah, and, and uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it a little bit, but. One of the uh, one of the dangers, of course, when you buy a house or you're in a situation where you're uh, competing and you have to waive the home inspection, uh, it came to me last, uh, I guess the second half of last year, where I had a number of people calling me and saying, um, you know, kind of sheepishly, I wasn't able to do a home inspection because of the situation with the market, but can you come and have a look? We found some problems. And then uh, I felt bad because they've had to overpay for the property hmm. and then spend a lot of money for renovations. Yeah. What, what was the most common thing that you were seeing when you were going back to these houses? Uh, uh, water damage that hadn't been perhaps disclosed or, uh. or known about because you were really only doing a walkthrough uh, and some electrical. Those seem to be the two main things. Okay. So. 
Uh, but nothing uh, really uh, alarming or potentially no, nothing, hazardous? nothing alarming. Okay. Just it was going to be something that the homeowner would have to bear that uh, had they had a home inspection and it was discovered, there might have been some some you know back and forth with the seller. Right. Yeah, and during last year, we saw people show up to the front door and say, hey, I want to put in an offer. Or <laughs> yeah. or they'd show up to the open house and, and you know they wouldn't even see the upstairs or the bedroom. And they said, when's the offer presentation? We need to put in an offer right yeah. now. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, and it was just it was just a wild, um, you know, a wild, a wild market. Ride. Yeah, yeah. It, was, mm-hmm. it was it was a crazy market where people were, you know, people needed to buy something and, and they were losing and losing and losing because of, you know, there's such low inventory um, that they'd show up to the next house and just say, hey, we want this. We'll pay whatever you want wow. for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll pay ten thousand um, dollars more than the next best yeah. offer and, and stuff like that. And they were coming in with, you know, no financing, no home inspection. And we've seen some of the repercussions of this, um, whether it's people having to put money into renovations to fix out, to fix a problem that they had that they didn't find because of not doing a home inspection or people that, you know, not not liking or loving where they lived or where they chose to live and having to sell on this market this year, which has changed. So they're taking a, you know, they're going to take a loss or, or even, you know, at best break even if they bought in the spring of last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, we see a lot of those circumstances and I'm sure Dave does too. I would think too, Phil, with uh, the way things were last year and the and the wild, you know, pricing, it must be difficult this year to do comparables. Yeah, it is, and um, you know, a lot of people want that number that they that they were seeing last year. Um, and we've talked about this on the show a bunch of times. Is is that it's it's identifying and knowing that we're in a different market and not not overpricing the house in terms of last year's comparables. Um, when the market first slowed down, it was really difficult to price a house because. You know, we were three or three or four weeks away from that that spring market, and people were still expecting the high numbers that their neighbors got or or that the neighborhood got. And and now this year, you know, we we're, we're walking into properties, but we have a large enough sample size to prove that the the correct number or the correct com, uh, comparables will result in in, in that sale price. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a little bit easier now, but but I mean, um, there's a point in time where you know. You know, we would say, "Hey, listen, we'll put you in the best opportunity to get you the most amount of money for your house." We're not gonna. We don't know what what it's gonna be, but but in the end, if we're sitting in front of three or four offers, you're gonna obviously take the highest one. If that's right. appealing for you, then you know, sign on the dotted line, and away we go. Yeah, David, you were jokingly saying you were a homeless inspector <laughs> at one point last year. <laughs> when did it start to kind of pick up? You know, it's it's funny how fast the market uh, uh, changed. But yeah. I would say it was early part of April. Um, I had a couple of other inspectors call me and say, is your phone working? And I said, well, <laughs> yeah, why? And they said, well, ours isn't. The, the phone's gone dead. And um, it was just maybe after the holiday weekend in May, about um, maybe that third week of May, it seemed like the light came back on and yeah. things were starting to come back. But, yeah, it was a six-week period. It was it was kind of scary. Wow. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. No doubt about it. A uh, host of topics to get to today, uh, including parents can financially suffocate their kids by helping them buy houses. We'll talk about uh, even New Yorkers can't afford a home in Toronto. Uh, an Oakville townhome developer is uh, saying, forget about location, location, location. The real estate adage should be design, design, design. I'm calling a bit of BS on this one. We'll get... <laughs> We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But we'll start with um, uh, a situation in Nelson, B.C. that is eerily similar to what we had last spring, and that is you know, a stressful situation for a lot of buyers. So what's happening now in Nelson, B.C. is they have low inventory, homes selling for above asking, in some cases $30,000 to $45,000, which 
maybe isn't as gargantuan as what we were seeing uh, last year, uh, but they still have multiple offers, 20 to 30 potential buyers. Buyers are frustrated and stressed out, and that's what we saw a year ago. Yeah, this is exactly what we saw a year ago. This is the exact same market that Nelson and BC is in right now as we were in last year. It's the low inventory. It's the the multiple offer situations. It's the waiving conditions. It's um, it's frustrating for buyers that they're showing up to a property that that's already sold or or um, you know sells before it even hits the market yeah. or can't um, compete with the dollar figure or, or, or can't compete and it's tough on you know it's tough on realtors it's tough on young families it's tough on a lot of people that are uh, that are doing this. For my understanding, is Nelson is is a little bit of a suburb to a to a larger city. So yeah. similarly to you know your Oakville or your right. your Oakville to Toronto or your 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 Burlington to Toronto. So a lot of people are moving out of the big city, moving to the suburb the suburbs and they're you know they're selling their big house for a lot of money and, mm-hmm. and being able to have the buying power to go in and purchase these these other um in the in these other markets. So um it's interesting to see how you know when you when you dissect and analyze different markets around Canada and what's going on with them and you can you can understand and see what they're going through because we've had you know we experienced this last year um when we go to the states a lot of um cities in the united states right now are going through some um similar situations and and a lot of them it's their first time kind of going through the multiple offer situation and right. and um and, and figuring out different ways as to how to handle it and, and the most proper way to handle it. So a lot of them were asking us questions as to, you know, what's the most effective way to, to ensure that, you know, you put your seller in the best position to, to receive the most amount of offers and receive the most amount of money. And it comes with, you know, coming soon campaigns or, or different marketing strategies that we did to ensure that, you know, we weren't turning anybody away and we we were making the house available to the most amount of buyers and bringing the most ab- amount of buyers through in a short period of time. So um, there's a lot of people that, that, you know, how markets change, people like us have to adapt to that market right. and ensure that, that you know, we're not. We don't want to sell the house to the first buyer that walks through the door. Yeah. If if we think that there's going to be a multiple offer situation, right? Yeah. Do they have different rules down there in terms of selling? Do, are there certain loopholes that they have to jump through? Or yeah, like every. It's crazy in the states. It's every. There's so many different boards in the states. Every single, um, every single state's different. And yeah. And some of their rules is. Um, you know, some of the stuff I was hearing is some of them can't have coming soon signs or can't have coming soon campaigns. And, and last year ours, um, you know, a lot of people were doing it, but they, they put rules on it as to, you know, how you can do it. Hmm. And in some States down there, actually they're able to post their listing on MLS and state that it's coming soon. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's, (laughs) so that, that would be, that would be really interesting. And, and, and I, and I was talking to, um, to a woman down there and she said, yeah, we, we do coming soon campaigns for 20 days. So they'll, they'll post a listing on MLS and say it's coming soon next month or or, or something. Right. So now it it puts, it puts a lot of stress on buyers, right? Because if you might see this one that's available now, yeah. But do you want to wait 20 days for this one that you can potentially lose? <laughs> yeah, wow. Coming to the market. You know, it's very interesting. The same yeah, yeah, so it's, it, it puts another variable yeah. into your home search. And, yeah. and, and and even if you wait 20 days, you might not get it. Now right. you're still, yeah. you know, you still don't have anything. Now you're still a minimum 30 to 60 days yeah. away from moving and, in. And you've lost out on the last one that yeah, you were exactly. looking at. Exactly. Wow. So it's, uh, it's kind of neat, um, you know, and in, in, in hearing all the different strategies or, or what people think, you know, work best. And. Um, you know, I know for us, we, we had a, you know, we had a plan in, in place when we, when we felt that we had a situation for multiple offers and, and, uh, you know, it, it depends on, you know, there's so many different variables that go in, whether mm-hmm. it's the location mm-hmm. or the condition or, or, you know, most importantly, the, the market, 
um, even the weather, right? If you yeah. if you if you throw up a house and expect multiple offers, and the weather's you know bad all weekend, well, you're just not going to get the answer. You might lose you know five or six buyers potentially, yeah. resulting in a you know a lower sale price. So there's there's you know a lot of different variables that go into to um, you know marketing these properties. Mm-hmm. We only got a minute left. How uh, soon or how long would a coming soon campaign last usually? Yeah, so for, or one that's at least most effective. It depends. Everybody's different. Ours, ours, we won't go any more than a week. Okay, um, that makes and, sense. And 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 that's basically if we're if we're um you know we do a lot of drone video stuff. We do a lot of mar- that style marketing. Yeah. Um, if we know that we're listing the property and, and um you know we're it, it's basically just to get the marketing done, and and we want people to see the lawn sign while they're driving by mm-hmm. and, and, and notify them. We're not you know it's not a drastic, um, huge marketing campaign. Um, it's subtle enough to get the neighbors to know. Um, it's subtle enough to get if somebody's looking at a particular house to know um, that 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 they know that's coming onto the market. Yeah, uh, coming up, an Oakville uh, developer is saying, forget about location, location, location. Uh, you should be looking at design, design, design. We'll get to that and a whole lot more still to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin in studio with Philip Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also like the Rob Golfie Facebook page. And uh, don't forget, subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes and Google Play. A host of great guests and information from episodes gone by. And if you have a question for the Golfie team or a, a topic suggestion for a future program, email questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. Still to come, even New Yorkers can't afford a home in Toronto. Scary to think. Uh, parents can financially suffocate their kids by helping them buy houses. In a couple of seconds, we'll talk about uh, an Oakville developer who's saying, forget about location. Design is what you should be focused on. Uh, our special institute studio guest is David Furry from Amerispec Home Inspections, and you had a question for Phil Golfie. Yeah, it, it uh, was interesting. I had a couple of times last year where I was inspecting the same house within a month, uh, different <laughs> buyers. So the question I had, you know, casually to the uh, realtors, what happened? Well, it, it didn't appraise. So I guess my question is, Phil, what happens in a situation where you've um, had to overpay or, or been forced to compete and overpay for a price uh, on a house, and then the bank comes in and it doesn't appraise? Yeah, well, first the appraisers have a really hard job in figuring out what you know what a true market value or what what the the value of the house is i find that this is happening more now than it did last year in that market i think the banks have have cracked down on their appraisals and have become way more conservative into their appraisal so the first thing would be is protect yourself with a condition of finance to make sure that this does not happen to you is throw in a condition of finance and that that's that's basically your finance clause if the house doesn't appraise for what you paid for and appraises for less than what you paid for well you don't have to go through with the transaction you can uh you can you can sign a mutual release and get get out of the deal and the event that you went in firm and the house comes in less 
uh, the the appraisal comes in less than what you paid for it, you're going to have to come up with the difference in the down payment. Hmm. Um, so, for example, if the house you paid, um, you know, if you paid a hundred thousand, the appraisal comes in at eighty. You're going to have to come up with that twenty thousand on your own. To uh, to pay for the house. Wow. Yeah. So, are you recommending to, to your clients now to get this clause or this condition? Yeah, always because of what the banks are doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We and and that's what I said. And and you know, sometimes the response is, "Oh yeah, you know, we're approved. Um, you know, we have cash in the bank, right. this and that." And I said, "That's fine." But if the house appraised for you know four fifty and you paid five hundred for it, yeah. you're gonna have to come up with the extra fifty thousand dollars cash to pay for the house because right. the bank's only gonna lend you right. on the four hundred and fifty thousand. So it it put it put a lot of people in a tough spot. We had a we had a a, a wild one in Toronto. Um, we we there was a gentleman in Hamilton, um, and it was an estate sale in Toronto, and he wanted us to go out to Toronto and list his property, and we did, and we sold it multiple offers. Um, did very very well for him. Um, we got one point two two five million. And the appraisal came in like one hundred and eighty thousand dollars less than what Yeesh. what uh, what the uh, what the purchase price was. So what ended up happening is is this was a, a a very unique situation. We renovated the house. There's lawyers involved, but we ended up renovating the house so that on the purchaser's dollar, so the purchaser paid to renovate the house before mm-hmm. they took ownership of it. Mm-hmm. And we got the house reappraised, and the value came, and up. The value came up, and, and we, we ended up getting the appraised <laughs> really? value. Yeah, it was it was it was a it was a crazy deal. Wow. Like we had to extend the closing date, and um and and the, and and luckily the house was vacant. Um, so so you know there's there's a ton of moving parts, and, mm-hmm. and and they still wanted it because we got a we got a we got a massive deposit to go with their their purchase price. If if we didn't get that big deposit, they would have walked away from the house. Yeah. Our guy would have been out a, a one point two five million dollar sale price. It probably would have sold for nine hundred thousand. Right. Nine fifty. Wow. Um, hmm. wow. So so it was a it was a it was a big win for our guy. And then in the end, you know, the purchaser still wanted the property. They came and renovated the entire property <laughs> before they moved into it, got it reappraised, and the deal went through. So wow, it was a uh, it's it a win win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a great deal for everybody. Yeah. Um, story out of Oakville, where uh, a developer out there, Wyatt Development Group, believes that uh, forget about location, location, location. It should be design, design, design. So this is a group of townhomes that are being uh, constructed uh, in Bronte Harbor. In <laughs> In Oakville, uh, a design-oriented, according to this uh, article in uh, the Toronto Star, a design-oriented cluster of 19 townhomes, so not a massive no. uh, project, uh, located two blocks from Lake Ontario. So while the design looks nice, uh, Bronte Harbor and uh, just two blocks from Lake Ontario screams location, does it not? <laughs> yes, it does, yeah. I don't know. I think I think, I think he's completely off on this. I think it's a way for him to get get some free press yeah some eyeballs on, on the project like, hey look look you know look at the look at the townhouses i designed look how beautiful the, yeah. they are yeah but and uh, they're really nice but, looking but, yeah. yeah but don't be worried about where they are just come by <laughs> yeah. because it looks yeah. it, it looks it nice might, it might be code for i can't get you next to the water so i'll have you really nice yeah place I'll have you here. as close as i can <laughs> get yeah um just reading through the article it was kind of funny to read one this is one realtor who's talking about this project who says quote i love the location <laughs> <laughs> our son has just been accepted at a school in oakville so we can also walk to the lakeshore from uh, this project uh, the three story townhomes have built in garages and yards that are uh, largely a patio space and uh, they're going for uh, let's see uh, just over a million dollars so uh, not too uh, not I'm, too a, I'm a big design shabby. junkie too like I love like a and again they know, look phenomenal yeah some of the you know even a lot of the stuff we see today are like you know the flat roofs and the big yeah. windows and the black 
the black window coverings and it's kind of cool what they've done with homes in the last you know five years and and how they've you know they've they've been redesigned and they've they've really changed the way you know it's no longer the big peaks it still is in some ways but but it's it's transitioned to a more miami style mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. in in that particular way you know big big huge windows big doors yeah so that's really cool but i mean it always comes down to location yeah and and that's you know, well i mean you're, you're dealing with buyers all the time and i know they have a concept or an idea of what they want their house to look like but if it's not in the right place it's a non-starter hamilton's mm -hmm. a perfect example like like you you can drive into hamilton and you can be three blocks this way or three blocks that way and it's it's an eighty thousand dollar swing yeah like if this house was located on on four streets up yeah. that way you're yeah. you know what i mean you're you're neighborhood an yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's, yeah it's crazy and, and, and people i i you know people know that and people identify that um i think this is just a, a great press release for people to say yeah. you know look look at the nice mm -hmm. home and, and some people might mm -hmm. something some people might think yeah. that you know what i mean right um there's people that that don't go outside their house right yeah. if if they're commuting from work or whatever and and they don't care about the exterior where they are. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you what's can wrong see the with the lake from the third yeah. floor? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's wrong with the you know you know a, a nice designed house, right? A lot of people right. work from yeah. home now. Um, you know, if they want to live in a you know live in a nice designed home for a cheaper value, yeah. then then that's fine. But in saying that, and I agree with all of that, uh, they still want to be close to highways and shopping malls and you know grocery stores and parks yeah. and schools, right? One hundred percent. Yeah. So there's. It's I, I location is everything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people people come to us all, every single day and, and say, "Is this a good location?" You know, everybody knows a nice house when they see one. You know, people can walk through a nice house and say, "Yeah, this is a great house," but right. you know, is this a nice location? You know, where you know, and sometimes people from out of town they'll will be standing on the front porch. They'll be like, "Where are we right now?" You know, where are we in in, in approximate to to Toronto or, mm -hmm. or how far away is the highway? Yeah. Right, and those yeah. are the main things and. And you know the house. The house can be big, beautiful, and, and bright, and warm, yeah. and, and welcoming. But if it's not, if it's not in a good location, it's it's easy enough mm -hmm. to, to walk away from ha it. Have you ever had a client that said, uh, "I don't care where the house is, I just want it to look nice"? You know what? You know, I think, yeah, it happens a lot. Really? Eh? It happens a lot. A lot of people will go out to uh, to Niagara. Okay. And they'll want they'll want you know a big sprawling house and and they'll <laughs> yeah. go out there by the water and, yeah, yeah by yeah. the water and 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 now they're you know an hour and a half away from work or an hour and forty five minutes away from work because right. they're commuting to Oakville or Bur Burlington or Toronto, but they have a nice twenty five hundred square foot house you know three four bedrooms with you know completely updated mm -hmm. and it's in Niagara Falls or it's in Fawn Hill or it's out in yeah. Waynefleet or yeah. it's in Dunville right mm -hmm. obviously yeah, yeah yeah you know yeah. not you know not the, not the most desirable locations in the Niagara region but it's you know they got the big you know right. they got the big house so mm -hmm. Happens, mm -hmm. happens once in a while for sure. Interesting. Uh, let's move over to our next topic. Uh, even New Yorkers can't afford a, a Toronto home. This one out of the Globe and Mail, which, uh, uh, I mean, it, there's no surprise that Toronto is uh, unaffordable to many. Among the world's major cities, it ranks as the fifth most unaffordable relative to income, according to a consultant group uh, Demographa. Um, average price $1.05 million in May, according to the Toronto Real Estate Board. So there's, you know, one of the uh, the, the people that the, the article reflects on is uh, someone who moved from New York to Toronto, was looking for a place, and really had to crunch the numbers to make it, uh, you know, work for her budget. I think New York has um, little, like, like their rooms are much smaller, right? Like, when when you go to Toronto, you you get um there's not there's not rooming houses where there's more rooming houses in New York right mm -hmm. there's there's more um there's way more accommodations in New York City than there are in Toronto. Toronto's a little bit uh, catered to um, they're bigger apartments, they're right. larger apartments. Right. Um, whereas New York has has they're they're much smaller, 
um, and they're much more inexpensive than the ones in Toronto. Mm. Um, and that's that's what I found even talking to people in New York. Um, I've had a chance to to uh, to go see a couple of them. What are the what are those beds called that float down from the wall? Oh, um, uh, I know what you're talking about. My my wife would know, yeah. <laughs> but oh. a lot of them are are, are hideaway. I, hideaway bed. Yeah, it's it's you know a lot of them are that style where they they'll you know they have their desk in the room and, yeah, it's, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's a really tiny space. Right. But but that's what they're accustomed to. Now when you come to Toronto, there's the you know the apartments are are much much bigger in square footage. Yeah. Um, and 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 that sort of thing. So I mean. It's it's tough for it's tough for anybody whether you're a you know a young kid just you know working for a startup company trying to find a place to live mm-hmm. um, or or you know you're a you're 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 stabilized in a in a career and you know it's still it's still you know it's 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 tough to find something yeah. that's accommodating. Yeah. The other thing that's kind of an added expense I didn't realize it until recently uh, I was talking to someone but when you buy a condominium in Toronto you actually have to buy your parking space too and that can really add up. Hmm. Yeah, um, I mean a lot of people rent them. Right. But but I think I think a lot of people like there's a lot of condo owners that will rent out, you know, they'll purchase the condo. So they get a condo in a, in a parking spot. They'll rent out the condo and then they'll rent out the parking spot to somebody else, because usually the person that's renting the condo doesn't have a car. Uh, right. Because a lot, a lot of people don't don't drive in right. Toronto. So they'll they'll get, you know, whether it's, you know, fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars for the condo, and then they'll get another three hundred a month for the parking spot. <laughs> and that's that's mm-hmm. a, that's a popular yeah. thing to do for. For a lot of those people, I mean, I've heard stories in New York parking spots going for over a million dollars. Come on, yeah. So like you can, wow. y- yeah. Like and and even the new the new built condominiums. If you want an additional parking spot, that upgrade is upwards of a million dollars to get a to get an additional parking spot. Wow. So, um, and I mean, I mean, let's have a nice car. And, <laughs> and Grimsby, and Grimsby, the new developments right now, the the uh, the additional parking spots go for ten to fifteen thousand. Really? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think you'll get that money back on the resale value. Sure. Yeah. Especially being in Grimsby, because everybody in Grimsby owns a car. Yeah. There's not, mm-hmm. you know, there's not one person that's, you know, on public transit just because there's no public transit right. to support it. Um, we don't, you know, we don't have the go train yet. Yeah. Um, we don't have a bus service. There's no LRT. There's a lot of people that are struggling or scrambling right now that that you know live in a, a one bedroom condo with their spouse or their partner, and and they only have one parking spot. So either they're parking in visitors parking that will only last so long until mm-hmm. you know they have a note slip on their on their windshield yeah. saying hey mm-hmm. you can't park here anymore, or they'll have to park in a you know a public parking spot at a grocery store or something and get their husband or spouse to pick them wow. up or or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's um you know it's it's. I think it's worth it if you if you if you are going to buy a new condo development, definitely put spend the extra ten or fifteen thousand yeah. dollars on on the extra parking spot, just because there's not a lot of people that do. So yeah. if you're on the market and you come to you know for a resale and there's eight condos available and yours is the only one with two parking spots, mm-hmm. yours will sell. Yeah, you're gonna cash in big yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. Now, would you be able to uh, sell that extra parking spot and then and keep your own? I, I'm not sure if you can sell it. Okay. I think it sticks to the unit. Oh, it, I see. It stays with the unit. You might be able to sell it, but or you rent can, it out. You can rent it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can rent yeah. it out. I see. Um, I see postings for rentals, and they rent between you know 100 and 200 bucks a month. Really? Which isn't wow. you know, which isn't bad. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, you you it, it's definitely a problem. Uh, parking right now in uh in, in a lot <laughs> who'd have guessed it's, it it's gonna be in yeah. hamilton too. probably have the second biggest country yeah. in the world and Ham- scrambling for parking spots hamilton like downtown hamilton right now is <laughs> is uh it's gonna be another thing if you're buying a condo 
um, and that extra parking spot's you know available or an option to you. Yeah. Um, strongly considered, especially if you can afford it. Right. It's uh, it's well worth it. So mm. why don't developers, knowing that we're such a you know a society that's reliant on transportation, why don't they? Uh, make units or developments with two parking spots it's, and charge a little yeah, more. Yeah, so it's the Ministry of Transportation. I think there's a really? there's a variable right now that you have to have like I think it's 1.4 parking spots per unit. Ah, so it, it doesn't make sense, right? How yeah, you can have a, no. So, but if you're building 300 units, right, you're you're up to about 350 parking right, spots. Right to you know to be able to accommodate yeah so so that's 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 the rule around it but that rule goes across the board Mm -hmm. right so whether you're in a high dense populated area such as downtown hamilton or if you're out in grimsby right it's the exact same it's a blanket it's a blanket rule exactly so they don't really um you know they don't they don't they don't change it or accustomed to the demographic or the city right but it's uh it's across the board so so yeah really interesting to see how how that works i wonder when when was the last time they updated that yeah i don't know I, I think I think the developers should take it upon themselves and do it themselves, right? Because, you know, if you're a developer, you're going to do the bare minimum parking mm-hmm, because for sure. anytime you add more, do more, you know, it's... It means it's one less unit, Exactly, right? or it's more money yeah. to, to do, right? So, Especially um, when they're building them without garages. Yeah, so <laughs> exactly. if the developers come out and, and, and say, hey, you know, we, we, got, we got the parking and, you know, it's attractive to, to people that are buying. Yeah. Um, the next thing is I'm surprised that the charging stations aren't being put in, in some of the new condos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, um, was, that was now mandated in the 2018 um, building code that all yeah. new construction will have an outlet for Yeah, the, so so the ones that are vehicle. being built right now are the ones that have already been approved to right. be built, won't right. have them. So we're probably, you know, four or five years away. Because if you think if, if, if a condo was just approved, you know, this year and it's not mandated to have those charging stations, mm-hmm. it, it might be finished in 2021. Right. Still doesn't have a charging exactly. station. Exactly. Yeah. So is this just for condos or is this for any new home? Any, or? any new residential construction. Really, eh? Yeah. And are they locating them in the garage? If they I have a garage? They, I believe, yeah, if you have a garage, they are, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, last topic before we head to break. Uh, parents can financially suffocate their kids by helping them buy houses. So basically, long story short, parents will, you know, the bank of mom and dad will help uh, son or daughter purchase a home um, with a financial gift. But in many cases, these children can't afford to live in the yeah. house. Yeah. So what we'll see is, is you know, there's there's different different types of helping, right? Um, there's help whether you can, you know, put a cosign on it. So it just gives it the, uh, the bank a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more capacity in terms of your 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 financial capacity and what you can afford. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's helping them in terms of a, a down payment gift. Um, we find that you know the co-signing is is often the most difficult one for kids um, because it results in the bank coming to a to an individual and saying, "Hey, listen, you're not capable of financially carrying this loan or carrying right. this mortgage, but if you were to get a co-signer, we'll give it to you, right?" And you know that co-signer doesn't change that person's financial situation. Yeah, They're still yeah. in the exact same financial situation they were before, but in the event they default, that co-signer is responsible. Well. You know, if the numbers didn't add up before the, with the co-signer, they're still not going to add up. Yeah, they're in the same boat. They're in the same. Basically. Yeah. So, so what's happening is, um, you know, they'll get the co-signer, they'll get the loan, and and they end up, you know, putting themselves in a stressful situation. Yeah, no doubt about it. Lots more to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show. Stay with us on nine hundred CHML.
faces and these faces are getting old. So I'm going home. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin in studio with Philip Golfie, sales representative with Remax's Cartman Realty, the Golfie team. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter. You can also like the Rob Golfie Facebook page and subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on Google Play and iTunes. Have a question for the Golfie team? We'll tackle it on a future program questions at robgolfie.com is the email address that's questions at robgolfie.com our special in-studio guest today david furry from amerispec home inspections uh you must have lots on the go uh this year although you know the activity compared to last year is a lot slower yeah, yeah it's, but it's, you're, uh, you're still busy yeah it's a normal market and i think it makes everyone happier um home buyers can get some comfort that they've had a look at the home the real estate agent feels comfortable that uh, the home's been looked after and and of course Home inspectors <laughs> can, can you go can, back you to can, making a living out of work. So what are yeah. some of the things that uh, you're, you're seeing, maybe they haven't seen in the past, or some things that home buyers should be looking for? Um, well, I just wanted to touch on on um, something that's, um, I think it's, it's worth exploring. And it was um, formed this January 1st by the provincial government called the Green Ontario Fund. And what that is, is it's a program whereby um, the government is taking um, carbon tax uh, profits or, or carbon tax yep. money, putting it into this fund. And the idea behind it is um, residential homeowners can apply for uh, rebates for insulation upgrades, uh, window upgrades, and thermostat upgrades. Hmm. And uh, it's pretty significant, um, up to $7,200 for insulation, wow. uh, up to $5,000 on windows, and uh, I think it's up to $100 on thermostats. Um, of course, we just had a change in government last week, but I think Mr. Ford has other priorities rather than worrying about the carbon tax. Yeah. So, um, although he has said he wants to scrap it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. So, I would in, I would encourage that if you're thinking about uh, um, you know upgrades or energy savings or things like that, you might want to check out uh, GreenOn.ca, and um, and again get yourself lined up. You have to go online and find a qualified or certified contractor to do those jobs. Mm-hmm. But it is worth taking advantage of, uh, of that rebate money yeah. uh, if it's available. So um, I have started to see some people um, uh, go through that program, and most of them have had probably up to about 75% of the cost of the project paid back. Wow, wow. So, that's tremendous. Yeah, it's, it's worth it. And it's, um, I wouldn't say it's a well-kept secret, but I don't think there's been a lot of publication or marketing done yeah. on it. Yeah, but it's available and who, who qualifies? Actually, if you're if you're a residential homeowner, you qualify. Wow! Yeah. So there's no income nope. uh, ceiling or, or nope. cap or anything. Wow! It's a little bit different. Um, there's there's programs out there through Union Gas and and Enbridge right now that are offering rebates on um, um, furnaces and air conditionings and, and air sealing. But it's different from this program. Hmm. With those from the uh, gas company, you're required to have an energy audit on the home to determine the level of energy efficiency. I see. Once you do those furnace and air conditioning rebates or uh, upgrades. Then they come back and do another test to establish the score, and you're you're given a rebate on those items based on how much you've improved the energy. Ah, I see. Okay. Green Ontario, it's just a straight rebate. You don't have to have any test or anything done. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Free money. Who doesn't like well, that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like dental care, right? It's, it's free, but somebody's had to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We all pay for it in the end. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just wanted to give you a quick update too. We, um, our profession has been deemed as one of those areas that will require licensing. Um, and and it's it's kind of working along through the process. It's probably still another two years off. Hmm. Um, but as recently as March, um, the provincial government has mandated that the Condominium Association of Ontario will be the governing body. 
for licensing. Um, and I think the real benefit of licensing for consumers is um, you're going to make sure that the um, home inspector you hire carries full liability and right. emissions insurance. Makes sense. Yeah, about 75% of home inspectors right now do not carry insurance. Wow. So that, um, you know, should you find something uh, that was missed by the home inspector or if he damaged something, um, they, they don't have insurance to cover What's those. the main consensus around this? Is it, is it, are you happy about this? Yeah, is I, think, it? I think we're all for it as home inspectors. I think the, um, the concern from the government is that if we mandate it and there's a lot of guys that say, oh, I don't want to be bothered licensing or I don't want to be bothered getting uh, insurance, that now you've reduced the total number of inspectors right. available and you've, you know, hurt the capacity. But I think overall it'll be a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if you're going to weed out anyone who doesn't want insurance or to be licensed, I think you'd probably want to weed out those in- individuals anyways, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 They, they're the, the, they shouldn't be doing uh, inspections to begin with. No, yeah. no, right? they shouldn't. No. So. No, they uh, is there a hot spot in the city right now where you're doing more inspections than others, or is it just across the board? I'll, I'll tell you, it's funny. I just, I, I don't know why, and it's, it's actually kind of funny, but uh, there's an area down um, uh, 50 Road uh, in QEW where the new Costco is. I, I think I've done... Five inspections down there just this past week. Really? And the interesting thing, though, is <laughs> people are buying, but they're also selling in that Lake Point. So they're not moving out. They're just buying a different house. Or yeah, out. people, yeah, that's they a just gr- love that, the area. Yeah, they're just a, moving down the street. Great neighborhood. It's a great neighborhood. Yeah, we get a lot of people. You know what? It's it's you're on the lake. There, there's nice parks. You're close to the amenities. Yeah. Right. Um, you're close to the highway. Yeah. It's almost like that 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 last point of commuter area. Yeah. Right. It's like anything past Stony Creek, or you know what I mean. <laughs> you're on the dark side it, of the yeah, moon. You're, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's you're able to get over the Skyway Bridge before eight thirty in the morning <laughs> yeah. type of thing, yeah. right? And, and you've got a Costco and LCBO. Yeah. And a bank what more right do you want? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, lots more to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on nine hundred CHML. One more go around here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio today with Philip Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. RobGolfie.com is their website. You can also call 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Great episodes from uh, years gone by, we can say, not just months or weeks gone by. Uh, and uh, you can find past episodes on RobGolfie.com and 900CHML.com. Don't forget to uh, like the Rob Golfie Facebook page and find them on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at Rob Golfie. Our special in-studio guest today is David Furry from Amerispec Home Inspections. You have lots more on the go. Yeah, I just wanted to touch today, Rick, on um, uh, there's a certain percentage of, um, of areas in Hamilton and Niagara that are rural properties. And uh, when people are looking at rural properties, um, you have to be a little bit more in tune with the water supply and the waste disposal on those sure. properties. Um, you know, if you live in an urban area, you turn on the tap, you flush the toilet, and it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. But uh, with, with rural properties, you have to think a little bit more about it. So in terms of the water supply, um, typically with rural, rural properties, um, you'll have a cistern, which is basically a water storage tank. Mm-hmm. You might have a dug well, which is, as it implies, it's a dug, a dug well that uh, just taps into the water table. Uh, you might also have a drilled well, which uh, goes quite a bit further down into the ground for your water supply. Um, some people collect rainwater off the roof, which is, you know, certainly, uh, uh, I guess, a green thing to, to do. To each their own. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Cost effective. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. 
except during droughts. And, uh, <laughs> and then um, there's also the there, I do see some homes where they have it's an interesting situation. They've got a municipal like a water supply from the city, but they're still on a, a septic. So there's <laughs> a couple of different variables there. Um, in terms of the water supply, you want to make sure or at least sometimes your insurance company and your um, uh, bank and your lawyer will ask for certification of the quality of water. OK, uh, that would require perhaps a, a water sampling uh, which can be done, you know, through a public health lab uh, to make sure your your water is meeting provincial standards, um, and and also sometimes what you'll run into if the test comes back and you, you know you get a bit of bacteria or something into it, um, especially if you've been uh, collecting rainwater, <laughs> you might need to put on a filtration system mm. um, if there isn't one in the home. Um, those systems run anywhere from seven hundred to a thousand dollars, but but they'll do the trick and make sure that your water is uh, is at least consumable or potable. Right. Um, the other thing with uh, with the water supply is um, uh, the, the Ministry of the Environment is the governing body for for um, for wells at least, and they have records going back to 1899. So you can request a copy of information on the property wow. before you buy it, and it'll tell you when the drill was or when the dug was sorry <laughs> when the well was drilled, yeah. how far down, who did the work, all that kind of stuff. Um, conversely, uh, the waste disposal, which is commonly known as septic. That comes under the uh, the jurisdiction of the Ministry of the uh, Municipal Affairs through the Ontario Building Code, and records are really poorly kept on that, which <laughs> I, I find bothersome because to me, I think, you know, coming and going are just, yeah. just as equal to balance. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, um, you can have issues on both sides. Yeah, it's yeah. like I say, it's, uh, septic's a deep topic. We hope to get to the bottom of it. But um, with, with respect to waste disposal, typically what we see are, are um, uh, septic tanks and leaching beds. And they do have a lifespan. Uh, a lot of it is dependent, though, on lifestyle of the occupants. Um, you know, what, what is the legitimate waste they're putting through the system. Mm -hmm. But you should always have, and again, usually your lender and your lawyer will ask for some kind of um, uh, inspection or certification that the system is functioning properly. And, um, and I would encourage that as well. If, um, you know, if you are buying a rural property, you should educate or at least get educated on these things because... Um, um, you have to you have to pay attention to them. Yeah, so. I've always wondered about a septic tank. Mm. So how does that work? Because it's, stuff is going there. Yeah, but yeah. you're also accepting stuff yeah. your water from there. Yeah, and and I always laugh when uh, uh, people from the city come out and they take the lid off the tank and they say, "Oh my God, it's full." <laughs> it's supposed to be. It's a processing tank. Right. Yes. You know, it's it's not a holding tank. It's a processing tank, and it's it's fairly simple biology. It's 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 old technology, but it, it works very very uh, very well. Um, you're essentially using the septic tank to hold back the waste to start the organic breakdown mm -hmm. materials. Mm -hmm. And from there, a certain amount spills into the leaching bed. And the leaching bed is really a series of uh, perforated drainage pipes about a foot to 18 inches below the ground. And the waste percolates down through the soil and it gets filtered and back to Mother Nature. And a certain amount evaporates off the top, too. So, um, uh, you know, sometimes... Uh, uh, People come from, well, I always laugh. My sister-in-law comes from Windsor, and I swear she uses the whole roll of toilet paper for every single flush. <laughs> you know, you have to respect your septic system. Yeah, it's yeah. not designed to handle, you know, paper towels, paper, uh, uh, something else sometimes people don't realize. If you're if you're uh, living in the home and you're taking antibacterial medication, well, that counteracts the bacteria that you need to break down the waste. So mm -hmm. you have to be a little bit mindful of what you're putting down the toilet. Wow, yeah. Okay. Yeah, very much so. Uh, we'll end with um, some exciting news from uh, Philip Golfi. You made uh, uh, an interesting uh, transaction recently. Yeah. Tell us about um, it. We welcomed uh, Johnny Manziel to Hamilton. We uh, we reached out to his representatives when he uh, when we found out the news that he was going to be signing in Hamilton. And we just said, you know, just sent him a simple, simple uh, you know, 
message to one of his guys and said, hey, listen, you know, we have a couple spots available that might suit his lifestyle and, and what his needs in terms of uh, what he's looking for. And mm-hmm. and uh, he reached out to us and, and uh, we closed on a, on a house last night. So happy for him, happy Tremendous. for him and his wife. Uh, he's He's excited to be here. He's ready to get started. So, you know, best of luck to him in mm-hmm. Calgary this weekend. And uh, it was a it was a lot of fun meeting him and um, yeah, know, what's I, he like? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been a fan of his since like you know I was right in high school when he was kind of going through that whole you know the the Texas A and M and winning the Heisman yeah and and you know all that hype around the first the first round and watching him get picked twenty second mm-hmm. overall to Cleveland and you know everybody thought he was going to go higher and and I remember it like it was yesterday so uh, it was just kind of cool to help out you know he's so polarizing but but yeah. at the end of the day he's you know. We wake up and go to work, and he wakes up and goes plays football. Yeah. So it's puts on pants one yeah, leg at a time. Exactly, yeah. but uh, but you know, it, you know, extremely blessed to be here. He's happy to be here. He's excited to you know see the city. He's, he's gone out to a couple spots. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. He's asked me a couple of good restaurants, and you know, I, I let him know about you know you know a couple of good places in Niagara to go head out to a couple of nice places down there. So nice. He's excited to be here, and we don't want to give the exact location because we don't want him to deal with <laughs> any you know. I was uh, going to say I might have done his home as free just to meet him. <laughs> Yeah, 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 but he, he's in a good spot, and yeah. he's in uh, the city, which is yeah, good. yeah. He's in a good spot. He's in Hamilton, so he's uh, he's happy to be here. Awesome, yeah. happy to have you guys here. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we will be back uh, with the Hamilton Real Estate Show next Saturday at nine on nine hundred CHML.